Starting in the new year, we often find ourselves taking a reflective stance on things, both in work and life. And as I was preparing to step into the podcast studio today, I was thinking about the fact that Paul Miller, DWG's CEO and founder, launched this podcast back in 2018. It's hard to believe that it's actually been nearly a year since I took over as host and executive producer of Digital Workplace Impact. And even more surprising is that we are fast approaching our hundredth episode. So it seems only fitting for me to use this episode to spotlight the top 10 podcasts of 2021 ahead of the next when Paul and I will meet up to talk about our 2022 predictions for the digital workplace. So effectively, let's look back before we roll the clock forward and look at what's ahead for 2022 and beyond. So join me now for my first digital workplace impact highlights reel. Happy listening. First up is our 10th most popular podcast, episode 86, diving into DWG's latest organizational readiness thinking. If you're looking at long-term organizational readiness and something that's sustainable, you need to have structure in place that allows you to manage things day to day, but also have a kind of renewal process in place so that you're constantly being able to revisit your strategy and revisit what you're what you're doing. So for me, it's really about revisiting where you are with today's hat on rather than yesterday's hat on and thinking about how can we start to embed it through structure and process. The saying that change is the only constant took on a whole new resonance during the global pandemic as disruptive change happened with velocity, transforming organizations and their working structures virtually overnight. And COVID-19 has frequently been described as the greatest accelerator for digital transformation, one that has forged alternative ways of working and has given new meaning to how, when, and where work gets done, whether or not organizations and their people were ready for such levels of change. Importantly, organizational readiness not only explains, uh, but it also provides a framework for how quickly we're able to respond to such disruptive changes, but also how we move forward to reorganize and regenerate in order to ultimately build back stronger. And in this episode of Digital Workplace, I was joined by Shimrit Jaynes, who's DWG's Director of Knowledge. And Shimrit shared insights into how organizational readiness frameworks have evolved over time. And she gave a fresh take on DWG research that she published on behalf of DWG back in 2016. And what's interesting is is that she's considered what has changed in this space, of course, catalyzed by the global pandemic, as well as what we've learned over the course of the year. And so Shimrit dives into three areas of readiness for digital working, organizational systems, team cultivation, and individual capability. This enlightening conversation shared new thinking and practical recommendations for digital workplace teams to enable their organizations to be ready for change. And that's both change of the moment as well as preparing for changes to come in the future. For me, it's really about revisiting where you are 
with today's hat on rather than yesterday's hat on and thinking about how can we start to embed it through structure and process. And now on to number nine, that's podcast 88. And it's the phantasmagorical future of work dreamt up by DWG's own Ed Taylor. Be remiss of me not to point out that, you know, we need to make sure that organizations have very high levels of maturity when it comes to their digital workplaces and the sort of employee experience that they're able to offer. If you've got a low performing uh, set of services, then allowing your employees to go work wherever they like might not necessarily result in the outcomes that you're looking for. So I think there is an emphasis on making sure that you've got higher levels of maturity that enable you to sort of maximize these kinds of policies to full effect. After the upheaval of the last 24 months, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to look forward to a phantasmagorical, innovative future of work? Well, it turns out that what might have seemed just whimsical and imaginary part of a distant future might actually not be as far away as we thought. DWG's then executive director, Ed Taylor, sat down with me for episode 88 to share with me some ideas about the future of work that he's been dreaming up. And the conversation explored how organizations are crafting work from anywhere policies, how countries are successfully implementing four-day work weeks, and the concept of digital nomads is rapidly becoming more mainstream. Now, before you get too carried away with booking a villa for the entire summer this year, Listen to this episode of Digital Workplace Impact as Ed also shares some practical advice for digital workplace practitioners who are preparing for this exciting and out-of-this-world future of work. There is an emphasis on making sure that you've got higher levels of maturity that enable you to sort of maximize these kinds of policies to full effect. And here we are with number eight. That's episode 79, The Rise of AI, Robots, and Automation in a Post-Pandemic Digital Workplace. One of the main things, or some, one of the main messages we're trying to convey in the, in the report is that, you know, AI is not this, it's not something that's just happening in the future, it's happening right now. When you think of artificial intelligence, do you immediately think about robots, automation, and impending job loss. The concept of AI and automation has been around, of course, for a long time. And even though the conversation is revisited time and time again, it's never been as relevant as it is today. But of course, it's not all doom and gloom. For this episode of Digital Workplace Impact, Paul Miller and I were joined by Steve Bingle from DWG and Jeff Wald, who's the co-author of Work Market and the author of the bestseller, The End of Jobs, The Rise of On-Demand Workers and Agile Corporations. And our foursome had a chance to discuss the impacts of AI today and tomorrow on both the workforce and the digital workplace. And AI is not something that's just going to happen in the future. It's all around us now, in fact. Company to company, industry to industry, and process to process. The values and impacts of AI and automation certainly differ. 
This episode's conversation dives into the trends, the impacts, the future of AI. It also explores the role of digital workplace professionals in helping to drive digital literacy, or in some cases, what's called digital dexterity, and change management in order to get the most out of AI. And what you should know should be considered as part of your AI and automation strategy today. It's just super dangerous and usually not accurate to draw that simple conclusion of, oh, this tech exists, therefore that job goes. Maybe, but we really need to analyze the regulatory trends. We need to analyze that technology, other technologies. We need to analyze the customer service interaction, the competitive environment, and then we can get a broad picture of what may happen. Here's number seven, and that's episode 78, Nature of Work, the new story for a living age. At its heart, it's anyone who's interested in creating and being a part of this new story of work for a living age. Anyone who wants to be inspired by stories about what work as a living system really looks like. In this episode of Digital Workplace Impact, I chatted with co-authors Paul Miller and Shamri Jaynes, who are, of course, part of DWG and authored the latest book, Nature of Work, The New Story of Work for a Living Age. Uh, we were also joined by a fellow DWGer at the time, Supikin Frost, who joined to bring the practitioner perspective to the conversation. And essentially, we're in a world where we're working in complex and ambiguous environments. And in the last 18 to 24 months in particular, we've seen an explosion of this. Workplace exhaustion, digital fatigue, mental stress, challenges of well-being. These are all a few trends that have emerged as a result. And when we observe nature, we find that it also experiences its own stressors and threats, as well as states of health. By nature, reacts differently to things like fatigue and exhaustion, and stress. And in looking into nature for lessons, we can begin to understand the different ways to approach these threats within the workplace. Paul, Shamrit, and Sue helped us dive into the different elements of the nature of work, elements that are deeply rooted in the concept of nature. And together, they helped us explore how living systems and ecosystems operate and explain how this new story of work can really provide a lens through which to view the world of work and understand it and help it adapt in a multifaceted way. Your organization is alive. It's not a machine. It's a living system. You're not an organization. You're an organism. Not only the human beings inside your organization, but you as actually an entity of any size, whether you're a small plumbing firm or whether you're Walmart, you're alive. And that idea then, if you like, ripples through so that the podcast brings hopefully the stories and examples of people treading that path. Okay, so let's look at number six on the list, and that's episode 76 connecting the HSBC frontline in the days of COVID. When they stress tested some quite early practices for us, it worked. They learned that there's a lot of very hardworking software engineers in our organisation who really, really sort of pulled together and understood how important it was. You, you know, we had a lot of staff facing 
very difficult customer situations, lots of staff themselves with problems in their family from COVID illness and so on. So the sort of feeling amongst the staff was, we have to do this to support our customers. This is so painful for them. A lot of long hours were worked, a lot of effort, a lot of close teamwork and um, a sense that, wow, look look what we can do when we really try. And also when we prioritise. Well, it became standard practice to have continuity plans in place. COVID-19 really rendered many plans of that type unworkable especially in the wake of a global lockdown. And so this episode is one uh, where Paul Miller hosted and chatted with Kay Mayfield from HSBC. And together they explored how the bank was able to react to the implications of COVID and those implications particularly impacting the global workforce and the customer base. And so things like rapid decision-making, getting a helicopter full of PCs, to things like helping teams combat stress and minimizing customer risk were among the things that Kate shared as part of HSBC's story and how leadership and culture really helped to unite the organization unto itself as well as in servicing their customers. Look what we can do when we really try and also when we prioritize. And now for number five, and that's episode 83, the World Bank's Guide to Mind-Blowing Onboarding and Inboarding. This happens to be one of my personal favorites. One of our priorities, as I mentioned, is really to facilitate the onboarding of the new staff and build the working culture in line with the World Bank Group core values, which are impact, integrity, respect, teamwork, and innovation. Onboarding is an essential part of the employee experience. And when it's implemented well, it can be such an accelerator for business value and, and of course, impact on the individual. And the World Bank Group is one of the largest sources of funding and knowledge for developing countries with over a thousand new hires each year to the organization. And it's got a relentless focus on the new hire experience through a combination of both onboarding and inboarding. And in this episode, I had a chance to chat with Kilen Baghdadi. She helped illuminate us about a nine-step onboarding program that has been developed to support the World Bank. It included a mixture of activities and events and elements of a program that are critical to giving new hires a sense of commitment to their organization, most especially within the first six months of joining, as well as enhancing their engagement at work. And Guilen introduced the concept of inboarding, one that I'd never heard before, talked about it as an extension of the onboarding program and it's implemented at more of a unit level for employees. And she talked about the combination of the two, inboarding and onboarding, as important employee retention tools. So this is a great episode to hear practical advice about how you can provide similar mind-blowing onboarding and inboarding experiences to incoming employees. And uh, we also explored the role of digital platforms in facilitating the success of such programs. My priority is to add uh, another process that I call, which is actually a word that I have, you know, created, which does not exist in the dictionary uh, yet. I call it inboarding. Next up is number four on the list, and that's episode 75, The Luckiest CIO in the World. 
for me as CIO, it's about reducing those Fridays where large changes are put into my estate by well-meaning people on my team and me waking up on Saturday morning and having an outage. Um, and, you know, in a larger state like mine, I've dealt with lots of outages. Since I have moved my applications to the cloud, I haven't had an outage. I still have some weak points around the network that I need to address, but the things in the cloud, they just work. And that, not having to call my chief trader or my chief accountant or my chief HR officer or procurement officer and say, I'm really sorry, but if you've got people working at the weekend, they might be having difficulties. I just thought it doesn't happen anymore. Touch wood. You may not have crossed paths yet with uh, David Bunyan. He's the chief information officer at Uniper. And Uniper is a company formed out of Eon with some 12,000 employees around the globe. And Damien described himself as the lucky CIO in the world. And the backstory is that in 2019, Uniper was the first organization in the world to move its energy-related applications into the cloud. And that was a project led by Damien. The digital workplace element of that project enabled the vast majority of the Uniper team to work more seamlessly from home, especially when the lockdown began in early 2020. The project has been nothing short of a huge success with 80% of the team's KPIs at an all-time high high. And Damien shared with Paul Miller how he and his team achieved such success, as well as uh, what was envisioned next for this young energy company. Not having to call my chief trader or my chief accountant or my chief HR officer or procurement officer and say, I'm really sorry, but if you've got people working at the weekend, they might be having difficulties. I just thought it doesn't happen anymore. Touch wood. We're moving quickly through the list. We're on to number three, and that's episode 77. And it was all about Paul Miller's digital workplace predictions for 2021. The center of gravity from work pre-COVID had already become digital, but it was almost like we hadn't caught up with ourselves yet culturally. Uh, in terms of habits and patterns. And what, what's happened is that the culture's caught up with the technology. And I think irrespective of the fact that people will start coming back into physical workplaces, first of all, in 2021, it's going to be very different everywhere. A, because different countries and cultures will approach that in their own unique way. The other thing is that different countries are going to be at different stages of, if you like, reintegration or re normalization. Of course, we can all agree that 2020 was a year like no other. It was an unpredictable year filled with tremendous change, an acceleration of digital transformation within organizations, a time when new ways of working, cultural shifts and innovations were emerging and strengthening as a result. And as the world began to prepare for what we all thought was the return to work and to physical offices in 2021, Paul took stock of the patterns and trends from 
2020, as well as sharing thoughts about predictions and how those trends would impact things going into 2021. And in case you're unfamiliar with Paul's predictions, he's been sharing them since roughly 2014. And he has a really keen eye for spotting patterns and trends that help really give us all a line of sight on what's coming within the digital workplace arena. So it was a treat for me to have a chance to interview our own CEO and founder, Paul Miller, about his 10 predictions for the digital workplace for 2021. Do you remember when people apparently in the early 21st century, 20th century, they used to all kind of pack onto trains in the morning. They all used to commute. Then they'd all go home in nine doing the two hours again the next morning. That world like that is gone. All right, we're getting close to the top of the list. Here's number two, and that's episode 74, The Power of Data Pictures in the Post-Panabic World of Work. I've been in university for, for, you know, almost 20 years, 15, 20 years, and was always surrounded by interesting people to talk to, had lots of interesting projects to work on. And then when I became a consultant, the thing that I craved the most was just um, finding someone to go to lunch with. And I think that that, situation is is emerging en masse at the moment and the need to be in the same place at the same time at least some of the time is the thing that's going to be the saving grace of any collaboration or any innovation capability that's emerged over the decades we're just going to have to be much more let's say, mindful about uh, what we mean by mindfulness, because um, in its current form, mindfulness is indeed useless in a, pa- in, a pa- in a pandemic. In episode 74, then host Paul Miller chatted with Jeff Jones. And Jeff is an entrepreneur specializing in digital transformation. He's a former professor of interaction design at Queensland University in Australia. And he's also co-founder of an interesting company based in Australia called Collective Social Intelligence. And the focus of episode 74 was the subject of collective social intelligence and designing for an information overload world using five visual design principles, namely trust, identity, commitment, learning, and creativity. And like Paul, Jeff feels that the world of data visualization is taking on the world of spreadsheets and word-based information and turning them into something more textured that helps us understand the worlds in which we work. And interestingly enough, Jeff spoke about what the world of COVID could learn from the world of AIDS, HIV once upon a time. And he used that as a proxy for what it would be happening as the world of work and its physicality started to move towards a post-pandemic world or an endemic world. He also talked about deciphering what information to trust on the internet in this moment, which of course is no easy task. And he also talked about the ways in which we communicate via technology and how they've altered our ability to connect socially. So this is one of DWG's more exotic episodes. So do allow your mind to kind of wander with this one. We're just going to have to be much more, let's say, mindful about uh, what we mean by mindfulness, because um, in its current form, mindfulness is indeed useless in a a pandemic. Okay, gang, here it is. 
commanding the top spot in our 2021 list is episode 85, What It Takes to Be a Game Changer in the Digital Workplace. And when you've hired those smart people that are really close to the work, you got to enable them, you've got to support them, you've got to clear barriers, you've got to make sure you, you, you reserve the right to, uh, or that you, 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 you stop yourself from dictating kind of the direction. At a high level, I think it's important to talk about like objectives and what we're going to accomplish, but you've got to empower those smart, smart people to help pick and prioritize how they're most going to move the needle on those objectives. And when you do, then the collectively the organization gets smarter, moves faster, and ultimately we deliver you know, better solutions that way. So we've all been asked at some point what our dream job is, and it comes as no surprise that digital workplace leader doesn't typically hit the number one spot for most people with no set background or neatly crafted career path. Digital workplace leaders tend to forge their own, their pioneers into this essential role within today's organizations. In episode 85 of Digital Workplace Impact, Graham Kennedy, head of digital workplace at Fidelity Investments, shared insights into his own career path from starting out as a customer service associate to becoming the head of digital workplace. And Graham has been recognized as a game changer in our industry. In his first year as head of digital workplace, he was named in two categories um, among digital workplace groups. Digital Workplace of the Year Awards. Not only in the leadership category was he named a game changer, but for the program element, Fidelity Investments was singled out for its strategic vision. And Graham, in this episode, dives into what it takes to be a game changer as a digital workplace leader. He shares how he structured a successful team by fostering a culture of continual learning. He talked about his focus for the digital workplace around reentry and the approaches to empowering dynamic working inside of the organization. The lines around digital workplace are constantly being redrawn. And with that, the role that Graham's digital workplace team, as well as others, has really shifted from plugging in new collaboration technologies to thinking about more holistic and empathetic approaches to the employee experience as a whole and working to create a more connected story. So this episode will leave you with some practical advice for navigating challenges within the digital workplace as well as tips on how best to apply what we've learned in the wake of the pandemic, as well as some unique ways to prioritize the highest value work to deliver more integrated, more connected, more engaging employee experiences through your organization's digital workplace. You've got to empower those smart, smart people to help pick and prioritize how they're most going to move the needle on those objectives. I mean, you do and the collectively the organization gets smarter, moves faster, and ultimately we deliver you know, better solutions that way. Wow, I have to take a breath. That was quite a journey through 2021's Highlights Reel. It's been a year of podcasts that brought us the inspiring, the exotic, the practical, the visionary, the challenging, and the exciting. I hope you'll have a chance to revisit the episodes you missed and, of course, replay the ones that can help you spark your thinking anew 
early in the new year. And in the meantime, I'm already back in the studio chatting with a fantastic roster of thought leaders and practitioners to continue to bring you insights and field notes that you can put to use in your day to day. Well, here's to more fascinating conversations in 2022. That's my New Year's resolution to you. Of course, I hope you'll keep listening as part of yours. And also, if you have a great idea for a topic or a studio guest, do drop me a message on social. You can find me on Twitter at Nancy at DWG, and that's A-T-D-W-G, or on LinkedIn or Facebook by searching on my full name, Nancy Goble. That's all for today. Until next time. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry, not only through membership, but also benchmarking and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com.